Hello and welcome to Mash Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Ethan. And I'm Vanessa. Vanessa, hello. Today's episode, we don't really have anything that we can talk about as an opening topic. There was not a lot to latch on to that is relatable no, to our not everyday really. lives. <laughs> So I think we're just going to skip right ahead and talk about today's episode, which I guess I should say the title of and explain the premise of now. I would think so. I would think so that we would need this. (laughs) In this episode, the consultants Hawkeye and Trapper meet a civilian doctor at a lecture in Tokyo who comes to the 4077 to see it in action. When the doctor suggests doing a complicated transplant on a patient, things things take a turn when the doctor is unable to perform surgery. Vanessa, what did you think of this episode? So I have a complicated relationship with this episode, I think. (laughs) Um, I watched it originally. Yeah, I watched it originally. um, And then I watched it a second time. And I liked it a lot better the second time um, because I think that I was like kind of picking up what the writers were putting down, if I may say. (laughs) And I didn't really get it the first time. I felt like it was like super half-baked almost like I liked the episode but I was like what what are they doing here what are they saying here and I I kind of I got it a little bit more in the second watch of this episode so I don't know I I still don't know really how I feel about this episode what about you Hmm. I feel largely the same way um, for full context, I guess, for anyone listening, we tried to record this episode earlier, so we've seen this episode before, but it just didn't work out. So today we watched the episode again, and I wasn't, like, moved by it, you know? I, I did not see more of, like, what the the writers were intending in this go-around. So I, I hope over the course of, like, this discussion, uh, you can kind of enlighten me a little bit on like the goodness <laughs> of it because right now i am just kind of fully in that that half-baked mode you know like mm-hmm. everything is there to make like a great episode all the ingredients of this good mash pie are there but <laughs> it, it just doesn't fully come together in a way that like is satisfying and i don't know what i want from this episode like what it could have done differently to be like a wow great episode because right now i am more of the this is something but i don't fully get what you know i think that i know what could have me being like oh i'm so omnipresent i know everything um but i feel i understand and i i kind of identified what i felt like would make a better episode or what could have been added that would have made this episode i think what they were going for um or like more what they were going for so we'll talk about it like when we actually get to that portion of the episode so do you want to kind of dive into this one yeah of course um it starts out funny <laughs> as a mash episode typically does i loved when radar just like drove away without henry <laughs> but also why were they driving to the swamp in the first place like the hey, swamp man. is across the compound Sometimes you're feeling a little bit lazy and you don't want to do cardio for the moment. So I understand that getting a ride. (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. Seemed pretty lazy to me. But we come to find out that Hawkeye and Trapper are leaving for 
a conference, a medical conference. Like, I didn't exactly understand why there was a medical conference happening in Tokyo when there was, like, I don't know, a war going on across the street, you know? So that seemed like kind of weird, I guess. But you need distractions, man. Sometimes you got to give a lecture to feel like <laughs> a sense of normalcy. Well, it was just interesting to me, and I didn't dive into this because I couldn't really find anything about medical conferences. Um. Anyway, so I just thought it was kind of weird that they had like civilian doctors coming in close proximity to a war zone. Um. I know that Tokyo wasn't the war zone, but, you know, it's not too far away from Korea if Hawkeye and Trapper can, you know, get to it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It seemed it not that it was bad. It just seemed kind of strange to me. <laughs> I get that. I didn't really question it. The amount of times that they've just like gone to Tokyo, like as a casual thing to do. I'm like, oh, yeah, Tokyo exists. And also they probably do hold uh, medical conferences every once in a while. I know that you're saying like, oh, this is dangerous to have civilians. Like, Japan is a different country, like, entirely. So I'm like, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm just I'm just working through this on mic, like, in real time. Um, because I just thought about it. It was like, huh, that's, that's a little bit weird. But hey, it happened, I guess. But I thought that the shots of uh, the streets of what was supposed to be Tokyo, I thought that that was pretty cool. I wondered if that was, like, stock footage. Because there was a lot of, like, Japanese signs and everywhere and the night shot was very nice but i am curious of how like the production went if they you know recreated uh some like japanese signage to authentically sell japan or did they like buy the stock footage i'm thinking that they probably went to because they filmed in um They filmed in California, so I'm assuming that they probably went to a part of, like, a Japanese-centered town in a city, and that's probably how they got it. But it would be interesting to know if they just bought the stock footage, but I don't think so. (laughs) Okay, well, fair enough. So, as usual, when we're in Tokyo, I always feel like the episode is just a little disjointed. I don't really know what Mm -hmm. I want from them when they're in Tokyo. I guess I want to see their, like, you know, vacation. But their vacation, as stated in the episodes, is always, like, very adult. (laughs) So you can't really show that on TV. So all we get of their, like, Tokyo trip is them meeting this uh, civilian doctor whose name is Borelli, and he was, like, an interesting guy. Um, (laughs) For, I guess, more context for people listening, you told me not to look at the credits of this episode uh, before I started watching it. So the entire time, I was like, okay, who's this man? Is he, like, (laughs) a famous Oscar-winning actor who I'm, like, unfamiliar with because it's 1977 and I'm not, like, used to him being, like, a younger man? But he did have, like, an interesting presence. I enjoyed this performance a lot. It was very, like, serious. Yeah, so just to back up a little bit, um, you were saying you don't really know what you want out of the Tokyo scenes. I agree with you. It just always seems like they put Tokyo in there and then they're not actually, like, in Tokyo. You know what I mean? Of course, mm-hmm. they're not actually in Tokyo, but, you know... <laughs> I think that it just doesn't make sense a lot of the times with the rest of the episode. Like you said, you don't see their vacation in Tokyo. It's almost not central to the plot that they're in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. Um, So I agree with you that 
any time that they have to travel to Tokyo for any kind of R&R or whatever, you're always left like wanting a little bit more. But I did say it was not central to the plot, but it kind of is central to the plot because this is where they meet Borelli, like <laughs> you said. And I told you not to look up this actor because I wanted your genuine reaction when I tell you that Borelli was played by Robert Alda, Hawkeye, <laughs> Alan Alda's father. <laughs> what? Wait. Yeah. Is, is his dad? I thought we were going to talk about this in trivia. Is Alan Alda's dad like an actor? Yeah. Whoa. Wait, that's really cool. Oh, uh, now that you say that. Oh, dude. That makes sense. He looks like an older version of Hawkeye. Like, they have the same hair. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yep. wonder why. <laughs> like, why would you get Hawkeye's dad not to play Hawkeye's dad? He's just, like, a guy who we'll never see again. Like, if you're going to do that. That's actually not true. That's actually not true. Oh, Robert really? Alda does come back as this character. Yeah, later on. Oh, how does that... Oh, you're going to have to fill me in all about, like, <laughs> the casting process if you came across it um, in yeah. your research. That's really cool. That gives the episode a different, like, light, honestly. Robert Alda is an actor. And, you know, I think we talked about this. When did we talk about this? Last week. Um, You know, you don't get to see their home life. So, of course, this guy is not going to play Hawkeye's dad, even though he is Alan Alda's dad, because you're never going to see that because it's yeah. not genuine to the show. Um, <laughs> but I guess his dad wouldn't make a random trip yeah. up to <laughs> Korea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hi, son. So, yeah. So I think that this was just an opportunity um, to get the two actors, you know, it, on the same scene together. So, yeah, I wanted to uh, <laughs> I wanted to keep that from you. I wanted that to be a surprise. Wow. OK, so that kind of does reframe the episode a little bit. Um, I don't know if they were like trying to play off this, but they do kind of have a like minor kind of mentor mentee relationship mm -hmm. uh throughout this like you know this is skipping to the end but uh when dr borelli leaves hawkeye is just like standing on a hill watching the helicopter go up and he he's like looking wistfully like this is a very important man to him and now now knowing that in real life he's played by alan alda's dad i wonder how much of that is like an intentional thing to subconsciously present this like father-son relationship with them oh man that's gonna derail me for the rest of the episode now <laughs> yeah um i want to just put a pin in that because i have a lot to say about that but it, it i want to kind of come back to that when it presents itself chronologically in the mm -hmm. episode so i want to talk a little bit about you know this first meeting with borelli and i think that the reason that I didn't or wasn't so hot on this episode the first time is because I wasn't necessarily picking up all the subtle things that the writer had put in. Like in this first interaction with Borelli, right? Hawkeye and Trapper kind of say like, hey, you're a soft boy. If you want to see real <laughs> surgery, come to the 4077 or come to an aid station or anything like that. And this guy says, you know, no, I'm I I'm good, thanks, but 
you know, I was in World War One and World War Two, so like I've seen my fair share of carnage. Like I know what carnage mm-hmm. looks like. I'm I'm good, thanks. And I was a little bit unsure in this scene whether he was a doctor at that point or whether he was like a soldier in World War One and World mm-hmm. War Two. I'm assuming that you don't just become a doctor at age fifty five. So like probably <laughs> was a doctor at least in World War Two because it was not that long ago. But yeah, so I think that was really interesting. And Hawkeye and Trapper both kind of like got rebuffed by him saying like, hey, no, yeah, I might be a civilian right now, but, you know, I've been where you guys are and I know what it's like. Mm. And also when Hawkeye and Trapper were offering him another drink, he was just like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. And then we know later on that that is not what happens. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So this entire episode, I was really trying to figure out like what the game was, let's say. I was trying to figure out like who this man was, like why is he important? I felt like there's going to be like a twist and there kind of is towards the end of the episode, but for basically the entire runtime when this guy is introduced, I was like, oh, is this guy a fraud? Like, is there going to be mm-hmm. a reveal that he's not actually a doctor, that he's like using his authoritative kind of older man energy to be like, I know what I'm doing, but like, really, he's never graduated from medical school. And like, that's mm-hmm. going to be like the conflict here. But it wasn't. It really was that he, uh, you know, served in war and now he's he doesn't really know how to handle himself with the current war, um, which is interesting. Like when we talk about it, that's a very interesting thing for a war slash medical show to do. That's like a perfect cross section um, to have this doctor be like, I've been here before and I don't know how to express to myself that I don't want to be here again. But watching the episode, it just doesn't fully come together still for me. I feel like this whole thing might have worked better if it was a little more focused on the guest star, like more focused Mm -hmm. on their relationship with him versus the kind of plot they go on, which we'll talk about, like retrieving a leg is just kind of thrown in here and kind of takes away from uh, learning more about... uh, Borelli guy or it could have been like a two-parter honestly it could have been like an extended episode I don't know I'm real I'm trying to work my thoughts out uh, on this one in real time if you can't tell <laughs> well I took it as um and I kind of picked up on it the first watch of the episode but I really picked up on it the second watch of the writers seem to be drawing parallels between Borelli and Hawkeye throughout the whole episode because Borelli eventually comes to camp and there are these like little subtle things that he is in the operating room and making snide comments. And then he's also supposed to be like a really good surgeon and whatnot. And then it kind of devolves into this. Yeah, like I was already in World War One and World War Two. I now am seeing the carnage of a third war and I don't know how to handle these emotions. So kind of trying to draw out that in Hawkeye's character, you know, he relies a lot on alcohol and saying, hey, you know, I was once in your position, like a really like strong, capable doctor. And I saw this like terrible stuff. And he even says it at the end of the episode. He's like, you know, I'd like to see you on your third war or something like that. So Mm -hmm. I thought that that was 
more apparent throughout the show, like the second watch, that mm-hmm. it was more supposed to be drawing out this aspect of Hawkeye's character that is kind of dormant or subtle in his use of like alcohol and his use of coping and stuff like that. So I don't really have <laughs> a way to tie that all together, but that's just kind of what I thought about what the writers were just doing with this episode. And like I said, it made more sense on that second watch. Yeah, I get that. Because knowing that Robert Alda is playing this character, it does reframe this episode's intentions. Like, for watching it the first time, not that this episode's bad. This episode is not bad. I think it's doing something very interesting. It just doesn't fully connect but watching this episode the first time and they're they're doing these like subtle things of like, oh, I'm you, but I'm older. It doesn't fully land if you don't know the guest star connection. Like for me, it was just like, this is just a guy who's come to the camp and he's not like an important man in anyone's life. He's just like a regular man. I don't know. It helps a lot when you know who this guy is played by. Um, I do think that they were relying on it a little too heavily of being like, hey, this is Alan Alda's dad. So we're going to give them like this father son relationship, but not really present it as that. I kind of almost wish that they had had Borelli and Hawkeye know each other beforehand. I think mm-hmm. that that is really what was probably like missing from the episode, why it felt like so not fully developed in my mind. But I do think that it makes a little bit more sense now seeing like, hey, yeah, you met me and you're passing so much judgment on me for not being able to operate. But hey, this is my third war. So like, you know, you're only in your first war and there's a lot of similarities between you and I. So you better watch out like that Mm -hmm. kind of thing of, yeah, you could turn into basically this person as well, Hawkeye. And I yeah. don't think that you necessarily need Robert Alda in that role to draw out that aspect of the plot, but still stand by that they were kind of shoving it together yeah. and it, the pieces didn't exactly fit together. This one's hard to talk about. Sorry, y'all. This one's hard to talk about. I don't know if we're going to keep that this in. This one is a little bit difficult to talk about. So the main objective of this episode is actually pretty unrelated from... Borelli's sort of struggles with seeing war. Instead, a good chunk of this episode is dedicated to the subplot where Borelli comes in and he sees that this one soldier, his leg and artery have been like crushed. So Frank is like, oh, we need to amputate this leg. There's there's like nothing we could do. And Borelli's like, oh, wait, hang on. If you transplant the artery, you can actually save the leg and no one needs to, like, amputate. And Henry and Hawkeye and Trapper are like, oh my god, that'd be amazing. So a portion of this episode is taken up by this sort of mini quest to get a, a artery for transplant. And this is kind of where I think the episode falters a little bit, is because this is pretty unrelated from the central like character conflict, I felt. Yeah, I agree with you. And I thought that it was kind of strange that Hawkeye and Trapper were so like reserved in a lot of this quest aspect mm-hmm. um, to get the artery that they needed. They were talking to this British major 
and which was they very odd. Were, yeah, and it was just like I don't know. It, it was it was kind of strange because like the tone was very off. It was almost mm-hmm. like Hawkeye and Trapper were in a different scene than this guy because he was just like making jokes and stuff like that. And Hawkeye and Trapper usually, even if they disagree with somebody, they're making like snide comments and stuff. And they were just very reserved, very like you know, we gotta yeah. get this leg. We don't care what you're saying at all. And I don't know. It just like it felt kind of strange almost. I don't know. Like, I understand on some level of, like, what they were trying to do. Because earlier in the episode, they talked to Borelli about how they're doing meatball surgery. They close up guys so fast that they don't even have time to take their hands out. So this was, like, redemption of, like, there you can, you can work really well on one kid, you know? But just knowing the full scope of things, this is not something that they could, like, repeat they cannot go Mm -hmm. on like an artery quest every week or every day to repair legs like this is just something they're gonna do one time because it's the episode where they do that and i agree with you that some of the jokes were kind of odd there was a weird joke that i liked when they're driving to get the artery that trapper has to stop to go pee and then a bomb goes <laughs> off like behind them and he just gets back in the car. Like that is that is very uh that feels like an idea that, like the writer had like years ago of like I'm I'm gonna figure out how to put this into an episode one day. Yeah, I think that to your point too, that they wouldn't be able to do this again. I think largely you're right. I would just think that maybe now that Hawkeye can like do this, you know, and they had like, I don't know, a casualty and were able to do it there in camp instead of going on a quest for a new artery every Mm -hmm. time. I'm thinking maybe, oh, like Hawkeye gained this new skill. And I think that maybe they put that in there as well because Borelli is this doctor who's like, hey, you know, we can do this, not innovative thing, but this like complicated thing. Like I know how to do it. And also... Previously, it's established that like Hawkeye is willing to take risks to save a patient and stuff like that. So I, I felt like that was maybe more trying to show the parallels between Borelli and Hawkeye as opposed to, you know, yeah, we're going to be able to be doing this all the time. But I do, I understand your point. Like they can't do it all the time because there's not just going to be arteries lying around all the time to save mm-hmm. uh, someone's leg. <laughs> I suppose on the parallel front that this episode is just too subtle for me. I'm I'm just a big dumb. I need people to explain things <laughs> no, no, directly. No. <laughs> um, but I do have to say, uh, just real quick about the British guy. This guy was so odd. Um, just his energy. It felt like he was in like a low key Monty Python sketch, and Hawkeye and Trapper were just like. Yeah, okay, this is happening. Like you said, they weren't like playing off his energy. Like he made a joke of like, oh, this man might have a indescribable need to drive on the left side of the road. And Hawkeye and Trapper are just like, huh. <laughs> like, eh. Yeah, it was it was super weird. Like they were just like, Yeah, dude, we don't have time for your bullshit right now. Like, you know, and usually Hawkeye and Trapper always have time for the bullshit, you know? Yeah, they're so- like, Oh, wacky nonsense. Let's let's feed into that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the fact that they weren't was kind of strange. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But I want to back up just a little bit 
even though I don't really want to. But I think that we should because we've talked about this before. But every time there's a male doctor that visits camp, Margaret's like, I need to have sex with this person. Uh And (laughs) I'm not saying that. (laughs) I think I've talked about this before. It's like a it's kind of like a psychological thing with Margaret that gets a a little bit more developed in the later seasons and whatnot that gives her more agency and more, you know, just well-roundedness and whatnot. But, you know, I know that this was not the writer's intentions at this point in time. And I'm just like, ugh, stop. And honestly, I felt like Frank wanted to be with this guy, too. Like, he was very into it when he first introduced- He's a handsome man. (laughs) When Frank was first introduced to Borelli, I was like, wow, they both just want to sleep with this guy, huh? It It was just very, like, comically. She was literally, like, drooling at the table. It was so ridiculous. Frank made a whole comment on that. I was like, wow, that's kind of risque for Frank, honestly. Him mentioning that a bra exists, I'm like, whoa, dude. (laughs) I was kind of surprised at that because that was like, I feel like one of the first times Frank kind of like rebuffed her and pointed out like, hey, bitch, (laughs) (laughs) like, I know that you want to have sex with this guy. Um, Can you uh, keep it in your pants, please? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this stuff is always... Like, it it works for this stage of the character, like like I've talked about before. At the moment when Margaret is written poorly, they fall back on, like, two things. That she's a hard-ass and she wants to sleep with any man in the military. So, like, (laughs) it tracks for her character at this stage, but... It is kind of getting tiresome that like literally any man shows up and she's like, oh, hello, friend. Let's let's do the tango. And you know what? That's cool and fine. But also like every single guy. And you know what? That's fine. If you want to have sex with whoever you want, I don't care. But also that's why I try to remember and put in context these other things that I know about Margaret just to like almost not justify it, but to give the character more depth than what she's shown in the first couple of seasons. But like you said, it can get tiresome after a Mm -hmm. while of just seeing the same way that Margaret is because it's just like, of course, it's the only female character on the show. So like, of course she wants to sleep with every guest star that comes on. Duh. Yeah. So anyway, that was just my little gripe. We don't mind the sexuality aspect of it. It's just that it's the same thing every time and there's very little variation. Like if Mm -hmm. there was an evolving running gag of like it kind of being different every time, that would be more interesting if they... I don't know what the gag would be. I don't know if you could do that on TV. But (laughs) if, if it changed just a little bit more so than, oh my God, an older man. Let me hound him for a second. Let's see what happens there. Because that's all that ever happens. So back to, you know, the plot of this episode. Hawkeye and Trapper come back. They successfully get out of the way of this British guy who is just very weird. Um, And they come back and they page Borelli. And then Hawkeye tells Radar, go get Borelli. And then Radar bursts back in when Hawkeye and Trapper are scrubbing up to watch this surgery. And... Radar looks so genuinely concerned. Like Gary Berghoff really sold this scene. Just this Mm -hmm. one little piece. He looked so upset and so concerned. I was like, man, this guy is such a good actor. And then we get, you know, the central, I wouldn't say this is really the central conflict, but the ending conflict. Yeah. The, the, the tipping point here is that Hawkeye goes to the swamp, sees Borelli, you know, has been drinking. Um, I think, 
Right. It's like he. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Right. He's like supposed to be drinking. Right. Like that. That's my issue with this episode is that it felt like it was a lot of tell. <laughs> and like, I don't know. Very little anyway, show. Yeah. Um, or maybe the other way around, like too much show and not enough tell. I have no idea. So anyway, Hawkeye sees Borelli in the swamp and he says, hey, I see that you're drunk. How are we supposed to operate on this kid and save his leg after you sent us to go get an artery? <laughs> And save this kid. And now we're all, you know, banking on you being able to do this surgery so that we don't have to chop this kid's leg off. And then Borelli's like, you can do it. It's all good. (laughs) And I... You're better than I am. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that was the most, like, tell of the episode of uh, Borelli telling Hawkeye, yeah, I've seen you work. Like, the whole, we are very similar type of thing. I've seen you work. You're better than me. You are a great surgeon. This, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Okay. So... First of all, I have many complaints with this scene, honestly. Like, on paper, I understand what it's doing, and it does it, like, okay in an isolated fashion. But Radar coming in with, like, this look of deathly panic on his face. Like, not Mm -hmm. to knock Gary Berghoff's performance, like you said. Like, he sells it hard. But he sells it maybe a little too hard, because I fully thought, like, this man had died. Like, when he comes (laughs) in, he's just, like, sitting in a chair. I'm like, okay, What's the actual issue here? And then it is kind of like, you know, explained in context that he's drunk and therefore unable to perform surgery. And everything that is said of like, you know, it really got to me. It, you know, this is my third war. I don't know if I can like do this anymore. And, you know, the the way MASH can like shift tones into hey, we're we're serious mode. Like this is a this is a sitcom, but we're gonna have some dramatic moments, uh, this kind of mode that it's in. It just didn't fully work because, like you said, it was very uh, tell, don't show. Like him talking about how Hawkeye is such a better doctor than he is. I was like, we saw maybe two minutes of Hawkeye operating. It didn't really sell the fact that Borelli knows Hawkeye is this like champion doctor. We know he is, but like... I don't know. I felt like there wasn't anything dramatic enough in the episode to be like, oh, my God, Hawkeye is the best doctor. He's better than I am. Um, So, yeah, it was just a lot of talking about the conflict rather than really feeling like it earned that sort of conflict. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that is where I feel like if Borelli and Hawkeye knew each other prior, if Hawkeye had worked under him as, you know, a mentor when he was in residency or anything like that, was his Mm -hmm. supervisor at whatever, I feel like that would have made so much more sense. You know, it could have been established that, oh, this guy taught me everything I know and this guy is great and stuff like that. And he knows he would know Hawkeye's work more Mm -hmm in a more concrete way than he really does at this point in time, you know, because they had met each other like three days prior, you know, they they were not, they did not know each other well. And like you said, Borelli saw Hawkeye work for, you know, maybe an hour and yeah, he's good, but does he know that he can replace an artery after never having done it before? I don't know. So in that sense... I do agree that it could have just been a little bit more fleshed out in the context of everything, not even stuff that we would have necessarily had to see in the episode, just like comments that could have been made from the characters. Mm-hmm. Even uh, Borelli's like sudden 
shift of like, oh, I cannot actually be here was it works better on the second viewing when you kind of pick up on the subtle mannerisms of uh, Robert Alda's performance and how uh, he clearly is always a little uncomfortable to be there. But just to have this like, oh, now he's like, I can't be here. I can't do this. It felt a little too unearned the first go around when I wasn't watching for those like distinctive mannerisms and like subtleties in the performance. Yeah, I I think I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, it's a, I'm a little all over the place. No, I think that I just have a little bit more of um, like I liked this a little bit more of Borelli, you know, not being able to operate. It didn't feel very like sudden to me, like you said, or like unearned because I mean, oh, uh, maybe maybe a little bit, but um, you know, before Hawkeye and Trapper had left for going to get the artery out of the other leg he was already kind of like uncomfortable with the yeah. artillery and the shelling in the or and then um in the mess tent and stuff like that so i think that it was kind of like starting to be established and then it was already kind of laying the seeds in the beginning of the episode as well of Borelli saying like hey yeah i've seen my fair share of carnage ha ha ha, and... ha, ha that's exactly what he said <laughs> And I think that they were more trying to focus on this idea of Hawkeye being judgmental about, you know, this guy not being able to perform surgery and him saying, I never drank in the First mm -hmm. World War. I drank only a little bit in the Second World War. And now I am back here in this trauma. I have been numbing myself with alcohol for probably years at this point. And being back here is just straight up too much for me. And he's saying to Hawkeye, like, yeah, it's going to get to be too much for you, too, if you keep trying to numb yourself with alcohol like I had been doing. So yeah. I think that that just worked for me because, like I said, on the second viewing, I just picked all that stuff up a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I know that I said that it was a little too subtle and I've been joking that I'm a big dumb idiot who can't pick up on subtlety, but I do appreciate like what they were doing that nothing was necessarily um, written out explicitly that you are kind of meant to grapple on to like subtext of like this relationship. I just feel like it's still lacking like that big turning key piece that like would have made it all come together and feel like strong because right now the way it is when he's like oh this will be you one day it doesn't fully like land it just felt like the show especially after like these weird british jokes and this detour for the leg where like trapper goes pee um it just felt so out of line with the tone of the rest of the episode that it just didn't work for me. And it didn't like land as a salient like, ooh, Hawkeye, you got to change your ways, my dude. You're, you're going to end up like a sad man one day, a mildly sad man who drinks uh, in a very dangerous place. Again, I know exactly what you're saying, and I think that that is definitely like a valid reading of the show. And I agree, like there were definitely issues with how half-baked it seemed and 
I also agree that there was not that one real like big turning point of the episode that kind of like led to this. I feel like even if we had stayed on the shelling just like a little bit more and like Borelli, you know, just drinking or whatever the case is. But I thought that it was really interesting that Hawkeye kind of like gets the message at the end too. Yeah. That he sits there and he is staring into his martini glass and he doesn't drink it. And I felt the writers were trying to do like the commentary thing, right? Of highlighting how bad war is and what mm-hmm. war does to people. Um, Like highlighting that wars, you know, turn competent young people like Hawkeye. Um, They leave them with these demons that they chase and numb with alcohol and they turn into people like Borelli. And I thought that that was just super apparent in that last scene. And that mm-hmm. is what, to me, really saved the episode. And Hawkeye, like, looking pensively into the drink because he's kind of taking that to heart. And I don't know, I, that that just worked for me, probably, like, more so than it worked for you. Again, I'm not saying that I disagree with what you said. I, I do agree that there could have been better writing in parts of the episode. But I think that that piece just kind of like saved it for me see i know that later on the show the show is going to explore like hawkeye's trauma and how like war has affected him on a pretty like fundamental level like in late game that is kind of where it goes from what i understand but at the moment when you do this and it's only season three right and you're like hawkeye you shouldn't be drinking hawkeye one day This is all going to come back to you and it's all going to be sad. Knowing that literally next week he's going to be drinking and laughing like nothing has happened. That does also take away from it. And earlier in the season, there's an entire episode about how if Hawkeye and Trapper don't drink for 48 hours, they become insufferable goons who need, (laughs) (laughs) you know, who comically like need their alcohol to be like normal people. Which I guess is also just saying that is like, oh, alcoholism, haha. But you know that t- the tone of that episode is like wildly different. Um, so I think this would have worked better for this message if it was like later on in the show when Hawkeye is more contemplating his place in the war and like how he's going to move forward after it's done. But right now, there's so much more like wacky Hawkeye in our in our lives that like this little lesson of hey be careful with where you are right now it's not gonna like land and be like an effective punch to the gut I think yeah I uh I think later on in a couple of seasons there's another episode that kind of deals with this again and maybe maybe me just kind of like knowing that is what makes this work a little bit more for me than it does for you but yeah i don't know i think uh mm-hmm. i think we've said all that we can kind of say about this um because <laughs> i think at a fundamental level we just like took different things away from this episode this is the first but, time we kind of really well, i don't know if we disagree but we have different viewpoints on an episode which is fun yeah that that is really interesting um because I get, if if I hadn't watched this over, I don't think that I would disagree with you. And I don't. I don't. I think that I just, I'm kind of coming at it in a different way. Yeah. I do think that if I had only watched this once, it would have been that for me too. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm 
I'm a big goofball who can't see through the the writer's intentions and the the <laughs> modus operandi, this... you know, as clearly as you can. <laughs> no, no, no. Me just having watched this episode 17 times, like you know, in right. my entire lifetime. So you know, it's fine. It's fine. Um, it's funny, and this is not trivia that I have necessarily, but it is kind of trivia. But the guy who wrote this episode was the writer for Weekend at Bernie's. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, so maybe that had something to do with it. I can't. I can't necessarily think of how that would connect with his other works, but I don't know. It's probably out there somewhere. There's probably a connection there somewhere. Hey, it's got an older gentleman. That's the, you know, that's the connection. We have older <laughs> gentlemen in this film or in this episode. <laughs> Okay, so like I said, I think that we've said all that we can kind of say about this episode. So do you have, this was not a real like line heavy or comedy heavy episode, but do you have any lines that you really liked? I do. I I have a couple. I'm just going to say one for now because it was like gross. Um, In the beginning <laughs> of the episode, when they're about to leave for Tokyo, Henry like comes to their tent and is like, hey, what? why haven't you left yet? You're on the clock here. And... Hawkeye's like, I know, I know, but Trapper can't come out to play right now. He's been a bad boy and has been sucking his socks all day. Like, <laughs> that's gross. Well, I don't understand that, that one. That was so nasty. That was so weird. I wrote that down, too, because I was like, huh? That's a little weird. Um, <laughs> I always, I don't know why this line struck me as really funny, but... When Borelli was asking Hawkeye and Trapper, you know, oh, like, are you guys like officers or doctors, whatever? And Hawkeye goes, I'm a gynecologist for the FBI. I'm... And I just really thought that that was very bold <laughs> of the show. I always think that any like vagina jokes are really <laughs> bold in episodes. And I, I like having Hawkeye be like a vagina connoisseur. <laughs> it's just very, always very interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love the the gyno joke as well. That was really really funny. I love the idea that the FBI specifically needs a specific one. That was great <laughs> to hear. And you're right. I wonder if they get away with some of that stuff because like in the 70s like men watching didn't know what a gynecologist was. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably a lot of men knew what a gynecologist was. I don't want to discredit our people who were alive in the 70s and knew what a gynecologist was. <laughs> but I do know what you're saying, that maybe that would have just kind of flown over a lot of people's heads. <laughs> I suppose so. I need to give people in the 70s a little more credit than I do, I think. <laughs> so uh, going from that, do you have any trivia for us in this episode? I do. So I have some trivia about our man, Robert Alda, as Dr. Anthony Borelli. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> so Robert Alda was born Alfonso Giuseppe Giovanni Roberto de Abruzzo. <laughs> that is... <laughs> to, yes, you guessed that's it. That's a name. Italian immigrant parents in New York City. <laughs> wow, I would have never known. <laughs> that's... <laughs> <laughs> so Alda started his career in vaudeville and burlesque as a singer and dancer. Alda had an extensive, extensive Broadway career. He starred in the original production of Guys and Dolls, originating the role of Sky Masterson, and he won a Tony Award for that role. So, oh, super cool. I think we've talked about Guys and Dolls before on the show. That the yeah. Guys and Dolls, uh, foundational text for MASH uh, cast, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in Can Can and the Sodheim musical, 
Follies. Excellent. We love another Sondheim boy. (laughs) For his Hollywood career, Alda is best known for his performance in the 1945 film Rhapsody in Blue, a bio... I always say biopic, but I know it's biopic. No, you can say it either way. No one cares. I can say it either way, right? Okay. A biopic about the composer George Gershwin. Alda also starred in the 1955 TV show Secret Files USA. What a what a 50s what a 50s show. I name. love that title so much. <laughs> and he also had a recurring role in the soap opera Days of Our Lives. Uh, that was near the end of his career. Okay. Alda had an extensive guest star career on TV shows throughout the decades, including Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Mission Impossible, Kojak, Wonder Woman, Laverne and Shirley, and of course. Trapper John, MD. Does he play the same character? I hope so. No, no, he doesn't. But how cool would that have been? Were you really a MASH guest star if you weren't reprising a role in some way on Trapper John, MD? That's so true. That's honestly so, so true. (laughs) Um, And then Alda passed away in 1986 at the age of 72. Okay, that's a long, interesting uh, life he had there. And he, uh, you know, we love his son. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like a very talented family they have there. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So, Ethan. Okay. I feel like this is the episode that we've been waiting for. What is your martini rating? I I might have to be bad. I might have to go like real low on this one because this one didn't do a whole lot for me. And honestly, as we talked about it, it was a rare case of like, you know what? This one just doesn't work, in my opinion. I might have to go a two out of five, a a real low boy. Wow. Wow. Okay, so I was originally going to give this one a 2.5 as well. But I think that. (laughs) You can never go higher than me. <laughs> I think that I like this one though uh enough that I would maybe give it a 3.0. I don't know. That that's hard. Yeah, I think that I would maybe stick with 2.5 to 3.0 like it's fine. It's just not anything. I I think that it could have been done better, but I still liked pieces enough of this episode that I think giving it a 3 is worth it for me because I thought that the acting was just also really well done in this episode, even if the writing kind of made it seem disjointed. Mm-hmm. I will give credit to the performances. I liked uh, Robert Alda a lot in this episode, and it should speak to his uh, his talent that I fully thought this man would be like an Oscar-winning actor who I just didn't mm-hmm. recognize. Um, so I understand where you're coming from there, but... This one just didn't have the juice for me to like really bring it over that better than average episode hill. And mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of like worse than an average one because it wasn't even something that like made me laugh a lot. But this episode of Mash Mouth will go down in history as perhaps <laughs> the first and only time that I rate an episode lower than you did. Yeah, apparently. I'm just hypercritical and you caught the bug, apparently. You've infected me with disliking things. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob for your balco, for being our technical consultant, Vanessa's sister, Melissa, for awesome cover art, and, of course, our listeners. Links to our music, social media, and contact for the show are in the description, as always. And join us next week for Season 3, Episode 18, House Arrest. But until then, splash around in a pool dressed like Groucho Marx. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone.
Man, we didn't even talk about the pool bit. The pool bit was really funny. Darn. Let's it do was. the episode it over was. again. 